Digital. Student-centered. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Joan Sutherland, and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. Hello and welcome to Tales of Teaching Online. Today, I'm really excited about our guest. We have Dushan here today, and he's going to talk to me about uh, cybersecurity, what it is, and why it is important to teaching and learning. So, hi, Dushan. Welcome. Hi, Joanne. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, no worries. I'm sure it's a topic that everyone wants to talk about at the moment. So, I suppose to get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Deakin University in cybersecurity? Sure. Um, so my name is Ashant. I, um, I, I actually have been in the university for quite some time. So I'm currently working as the cybersecurity operations manager. Okay. Uh, but I came into Deakin as a student um, and used to work part-time and then one thing led to another. And here I am t- 10, 11 years after, yeah. uh, still working at Deakin. So what did you study to get into this? Um, I, I actually studied, I did a double degree uh, in information systems and information technology, both specializing in uh, cybersecurity. So back then it used to be called IT security, but uh, wow. you're the same. Now it's got the ni- nice name of cybersecurity. <laughs> so I suppose you go 10 or 11 years ago and cybersecurity seems to have taken a world onto its own. Can you just explain to me what cybersecurity actually is? Um, I think cybersecurity is um, is a very complex topic, um, but for for most people, it is um, it's essentially making sure that you do the right thing when you're connected, when you're online. It's impacting everyday individuals. I think working with applications that are in the workplace, but also being aware of cybersecurity and what their role is in that. There was a lot of cybersecurity incidents that happened last year that sort of heightened the awareness around cybersecurity. And you mentioned earlier that you studied this 10, 11 years ago. So I'm intrigued about how the incidents that happened last year that were perpetuated in the media has actually changed the landscape of our cybersecurity or if it has at all. Uh, it has, I think, um, in the past, when security incidents used to first occur, like we're going back into the days of the Enigma machine into the World War uh, period, a lot of the security incidents used to happen closer to the technology itself. So uh, attackers used to target uh, organizations, uh, computers uh, specifically, and computer networks. What we're now seeing is with all of the security controls that have been put in place with decades of uh, innovation and security, uh, people are starting to target users and individuals. So it's the human aspect that is getting more targeted. And that's why security incidents have be, been more um, in the media because it's impacting everyday individuals. Individuals. And what about the role of COVID in teaching and learning, I suppose, because COVID um, forced a lot of universities in particular to try pivot online. And so using a lot of different um, software that we may not have been using at the time, would that apply as well? Uh, that definitely has. We have seen more people uh, stay connected, more people spend more time uh, connected. It's it's essentially like driving. Um, so you, you would, uh, as a community, be exposed to more uh, road incidents if you have more people on the road for longer. 
uh, technology is the same. The more people interact with, the more they interact with newer applications and newer uh, uh, technology, um, uh, they will be exposed to uh, greater risk. Okay. So it's the individual um, that needs to be aware around cybersecurity, what they can do individually. But how does an organisation uh, like Deakin University protect its users, teaching and learning teams in relation to cybersecurity so then they can focus on what they need to, the teaching and learning? Sure. So uh, the the university actually has a dedicated cybersecurity team. So um, my team is responsible for operationally managing cybersecurity. What that essentially means is we try and um, detect uh, any threats to the uh, organization. We try and identify vulnerabilities um, that we that could be exploitable where the risks are and try and address those risks. And if uh, by any chance an incident actually occurs, we would then have a response team that is dedicated to responding to those incidents. So that's the role of my team, but yep. um, I work in a broader cybersecurity team that also has other functions like um, awareness and communications to, to ensure that users within the organization are aware of uh, security risks and challenges, um, and also um, another team that manages um, compliance and governance to ensure that we are looking uh, good from a policy perspective across the organization. So there's there's a lot of effort going, not just within my team, but across yeah. digital uh, in Deakin University, where everyone is trying to do their fair share of yeah. um, incorporating cybersecurity into their day-to-day -day life. To contribute to that safety for staff and Absolutely. students. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, that's from an organizational perspective. Why is it so important in teaching and learning? Um, it, it is important for two main reasons. One is uh, teaching and learning is one of our uh, most important services that we offer to, to our students and to Good point. our biggest customers. So yeah. we need to ensure that that service is well guarded and well protected. Um, and also it's important for uh, teaching and learning to be able to uh, educate the, the area to be able to educate students and make sure that the students that are graduating from Deakin University are not only job aware, but are also um, aware of cybersecurity. So when they walk into a workplace and an organization, um, they, they're already uh, well aware of what cybersecurity is and how to, how to best say, stay secure. I think that's a wonderful point that you make around great and students graduating, being, you know, job ready and work ready and working with applications that are in the workplace, but also being aware of cybersecurity and what their role is in that. Mm -hmm. What can we do from teaching and learning teams to embed that as part of the curriculum? Or is there something already out there to educate students around that as well? Mm -hmm. Um, I think I see cybersecurity as a, a cultural change. Um, it's it's not uh, a checkbox exercise where you've actually done this and it's done. Um, it's a, it's it's almost a way of life. Um, um, I sound very nerdy when I say it, but um, <laughs> the the reason why I say that is everything that you do on a day to day basis, you're trying to minimize your risk and you're trying to. Uh, ensure that you are not vulnerable for um, an, an attack or an incident. So 
be it driving a car, being it securing your home, do you want to make sure your garage is locked properly? Um, you want to make sure your doors um, are, are locked, your windows are closed. So it's very similar. So you know how that becomes muscle memory after a point yeah. that you don't have to look back and check if your garage is closed. You know that you've hit the button and you know that the garage, you could hear the garage close. Uh, it's very similar to, to that when uh, cyber. So everything that you do, we've gotten to a point as a society where uh, we have uh, a, a great dependency on technology. Technology is really important and paramount. Um, um, so technology is gotten to a point where um, we have to depend on it. Uh, and that dependency is why security is important. So everything that you do. So uh, a good example is if someone asks you to set up a pass, password for um, registering to uh, an event, yeah. Uh, best thing that you think of is, you know, is this a unique password? Is this random enough? Uh, or am I repeating this password? Should I be repeating this password? So all of these things should come to you naturally. Yeah. Um, and, and and then that's that's the important part. So it sounds like it's behavior change, basically. So that becomes part of your daily behavior. And I know myself, what I was doing a password previously, a lot yeah. easier is diversifying passwords. So it's so funny how you're uh, uh, mentioning how it does become part of your daily routine, how you change things over time. And I know I've done it as well. So um, that's interesting that it's embedded in, within our behavior, just how we promote different things on a daily basis. So I suppose as individuals then, you can have a unique password. That's one way. But how else can we implement strategies to minimize risk in relation to cybersecurity? Sure. Um, I think one of the things um, that a lot of technology companies are actually doing more proactively is telling you when something is wrong with the technology you're interacting with. Well, let's say I have a mobile phone on me and I get a notification saying you have an update available and the update includes security fixes. So please install or do it later. The first response that most users um, lean towards is do it later. I, I don't want yeah. to deal change. I don't want to do it now. It's going to take time. It's too hard. Guilty. So yeah, <laughs> all of us do it. I've done it too. Like <laughs> middle of the web day, I get a notification on my phone saying an update is available. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to not have my phone accessible. So I'll do it. I'll do it overnight or I'll do it tomorrow. And sometimes that gets pushed. So organizations are actually putting in a lot of effort to try and uh, update uh, technology. So it's only uh, our responsibility as users to be able to uh, react to it appropriately. So if, if there is a, an issue, a security warning on your device or a notification, respond to it. That'd be the first thing. Um, we've obviously talked about uh, diversifying passwords. My, I, I use a password manager. We uh, promote LastPass in the organization. So using a password manager to do that is is important. Um, the next thing is password is ultimately not the only source of security for a lot of the applications. Um, and multi-factor authentication is another important thing. Um, we have uh, in the past uh, promoted quite extensively on how to do it, not just at work, uh, at Deacon or for study, but also in your personal life. So how do you ensure that you 
um, it has MFA um, or securing your digital assets and sometimes even physical assets. My, my car uh, does not have a key anymore and it uses a phone to unlock. And if if I lose my password, I'm not only locked out, but I, I, <laughs> I, I'm at a risk of someone else being able to log into my uh, uh, phone car app and actually drive my car. So multi-factor auth is important for me. So... In that instance, technology may not be that great then. <laughs> well, techno technology is, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like, it's like a doublet sword. So you yeah. just have to be careful with it. Yeah. And it, you know, when you're dealing with straps, you just have to, it's a, it's a useful tool, but you have to be careful. It's interesting that multi-factor authentication, um, cause I've noticed like, obviously we've had a decon since I've been here, but also now in my outside, um, applications is it asking to um verify it with my phone so you got your password and then your phone or yeah, yeah. like that's common now whereas i think even a year ago i don't think it was so common but maybe with things that are happening in the media you're more cognizant of it and more um, information yeah. coming from um the cyber security team as well yeah mm -hmm. uh exactly yeah okay so you've talked a lot about um building capability i suppose through education um asking users to respond to updates so you get the update and respond to them diversifying passwords and using things like multi multi-factor authentication is there any other tips that you could give um our users in the teaching and learning space uh, to say do this uh just to minimize your risk we know it's never fully gone but to minimize your risk in relation mm. to cyber security um sure i'll add two more things to that list um <laughs> Uh, of security tips, the the one that um, I often get surprised by. I'm not a very strong social media person. I'm mm -hmm. I'm, I'm one of those guys who's barely present on any social media platform. <laughs> um, but the amount of information people are willing to share uh, sometimes surprises me. Um, I've I've seen images of uh, people sharing their you know. Uh, passport and boarding pass and they're going on a travel race. So with one picture, you've told so much. You've told who you're traveling with. You've yeah. told uh, where you're traveling to. You've told mm -hmm. what nationality you are. Um, and you've basically told people that you're not going to be in the country um, at home. So there's so much information that you accidentally disclose with, with one image. Mm -hmm. Um and it, once once some of these things go online, they they they're gone. So it just yeah, you know, they they're protected as long as this information is with you. Once um once it's out of the basket, it's just not yeah. out there. So what we have been seeing over time, not to not to scare people, but yeah. um we've seen um technology uh, AI especially being used to harvest this information and. Um, attributed to an individual, so mm. there is uh, every every breach we've seen. Obviously, Optus and Medibank. There's more and more private information that's getting disclosed, either voluntarily through social media when people are actually doing it themselves, or involuntary. So there's a lot of information that's being gathered against an individual. Um, so we would have to do what best we can to minimize that. So uh, we can't do much about. Uh, a third-party company like Optus being breached, but we definitely yeah. can do a lot about 
information that we willingly want to share. So that is, that's something important to consider. I'm intrigued what you said around the AI component. How does uh, the artificial intelligence feed into the cybersecurity? Well, uh, artificial intelligence is almost a, a tool that mm. everyone is using. So we use it to uh, protect our users, uh, staff and students within the organization. Uh, the attackers use it to attack. So uh, okay. uh, these are just tools that everyone in, in the industry is using. Uh, yep. irrespective of where you are. And what was the final tip that you had? You um, the, the final tip I have is um, about um, data. So um, we often have information that we're wanting to um, create, share with other people. Uh, it's important to understand who you're sharing with and how broad uh, you're exposing that data to uh, how broad a user group you're exposing that data to. So a good example is I could have a um, a OneDrive file where I'm actually doing my assignments and research, and um, I want to share it with uh, a friend who then shares it with another friend. So it's important to be mindful of the fact that you know you have certain permissions that you provide to information that uh, you're responsible for or that belongs to you. Uh, it's an interesting point you raise. It's one of the first things in any app that I go into is the settings, like to learn about it and what you can actually share and what you're actually disclosing. And I know some people think it's boring, uh, yeah. but it is highly important, exactly what you're saying around there. being mindful of the permissions and once it gets shared and shared again. <laughs> Absolutely. And some applications are really good at it. Mm. Um, they let, they help you sort your permissions while you're registering for the applications. They ask you well in advance when you're signing up to say, oh, do you want to share your location information with yeah. your peeps? Right. Yeah. And it's good. It's, it's a really good practice. But on the yeah. contrary, we've also seen a lot of applications that don't do that mm -hmm. because it does not benefit uh, the application. And the first thing that comes to mind for me anyway, within the work context is um, sharing documents around SharePoint and the permission files and what's sensitive, what's not sensitive and understanding that um, infrastructure behind it versus uh, just on something like Teams or on Word itself. So yeah, yeah. If, if I actually look at the incidents that we've had at the, the last 10 in our incidents that I can think of, mm -hmm. uh, nine of them have been accidental uh, data leakage. So you, um, inadvertently, um, uh, as a staff member or a student has mm -hmm. gone in and shared a particular document or a file with sensitive information with much broader audience, audience. than you, uh, originally intended to. So that's, wow. that's been one of the biggest issue yep. and which is where, uh, education and awareness is really important. So you go to the individual and then educate them and aware, mm. make them aware of what's actually happened. That's great. Yeah. Look, Deshant, I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. So one of the biggest things I got out of this was around cybersecurity. We often think tech side, but it's actually a human issue um, from the individual. And then it's a multi-layer issue and it's very complex. So we're educating users from teaching and learning teams. And then the broader organization's got a lot of strategies in place um, mm. to sort of help us to ensure that we're as aware of cybersecurity with graduates as well at Deakin as well as staff. So on that note, is there anything that you would like to share um, to finish up? 
Um, I think my final thoughts are, um, like as a community, we only get stronger by talking about these things and by, um, being aware. So, uh, people being more vocal and outspoken about, uh, issues, incidents that they've either encountered personally or they've, um, heard or seen about. So the spreads awareness, uh, when you went, because there's also a personal element to it. So I would say talk about it and if you are as as a deacon student or a staff if you actually have any questions we are always available to have a conversation um if you think it would benefit for um individuals to actually have us come into their team meetings or um have have a, an engagement or a discussion about uh issues relevant within their teams or within their um uh schools we are more than happy to to be able to do that that's really kind um, to offer your services around um, educating more broadly on top of what's actually there. So, look, I'd really like to thank you for your time today. I'm sure it's a hot topic and it will continue to be a hot topic. So we might hear from you later on in the year as well. So thank you. For sure. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thank you.